All right, today on episode 10 of No Putts Given, we've got Sam losing a bet to Harry. Got to play yeah. some infomercial clubs. We're going to continue the conversation on CBD since there was such an uh, incredible response to that. We're going to talk Xander Shoffley and non-conforming drivers, get into some details there. Harry Arnett leaves Callaway. Mark King, the ex-CEO of TaylorMade, goes to Yokiro Taco Bell and some more Find It, Cut It. Let's get it. Do you remember the the Chihuahua from Taco Bell? What kind of question yeah. is that? So, yes. so when when when, I, I when those commercials were popular, I always had I had Chihuahuas when they were popular. So people would always come up to me and be like, Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I wait. had the stuffed animal. I didn't grow up can, in this country. What, what is this? So there was like a Taco Bell had a series of commercials with Chihuahuas that said Yo quiero Taco Bell. And that was the whole whole fucking. That was thing. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd be I'd be walking my dogs down the street, and people would just come up to me like, "Yo quiero Taco Bell," and every every. And you're like, every yeah. One of them would say it like they were the first one to ever think of. It. Like they were just so super proud of themselves. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, that's I great. had a, I had a stuffed animal that you could squeeze, and it'd be like, "Yo quiero Taco Bell." Man, that's great. And Love this it. comes in. This comes with the meal. I don't it know did, where yeah, I got it. It was like sort of like Taco Bell Happy Meal stuff. Yeah. Like you got stuffed chihuahuas. Yeah. There was like a series of five of them. I have them all. I'll tell you what. Somewhere somewhere I have a picture of my like eight week old chihuahua in the middle of these row of stuffed chihuahuas. And they're all like literally the same size she was. Message King and say, bring this stuff back because I want a toy. Oh, I'm sure Martinez. He's gonna bring a lot back. Yeah, I have I have already been in touch indirectly about the return of the chili cheese burrito. So yeah, Tony is <laughs> an avid taco. Avid I've never had Taco, taco Bell. Bellaholic. Never had never Taco. Had taco Bell. I don't. No. I, I, I don't want to get diabetes. Don't just don't. It's not that good, dude. It's not. Yeah, worth it. it's all right. All so right. then I guess we're not gonna start with the bet you lost, and we're gonna start with Mark King. Okay. So for you, uh, for everybody out there that does not remember. Uh, these guys included Mark King was the king of the golf industry. So he was who brought one of the people that b- helped bring TaylorMade from being a $300 million company to what was it, Tony? It was probably about where Callaway is now. 1.4, 1.7. I believe 1.8. 1.8. Was he the one that yeah, flooded was, the market? Yeah, with almost drivers? 2 billion. Yeah. So there was a business plan, really cool story on my golf spy. We did years ago. John Barber wrote on how it happened. Salomon used to own them. They uh, had this business model. Part of it was the release, the life cycle of drivers, and they executed that, you know, flawlessly, right? And got to where they were. And Tony, what was the crazy, craziest thing when they had like what was it, fifty-two percent market share in the woods? It's like, yeah, it was ballpark. I want to say like fifty-one point four, fifty-two point four, Metalwood. So yeah, it was crazy. It was a, it was there was a time when. When when more than uh, half the drivers or half the metalwoods, I believe it was a metalwoods number. So half the half the metalwoods being sold, more than half were tailor made. So and, just yeah. insane. And that's, that's, that's a, a one huge month stat, difference. But still, I played that 07 burner all the way through high school. He's still playing the rocket balls. That rocket ball, dude. Oh, that was that was the one that propelled them to that number. Yep. The, the rocket balls. Rocket balls. Well. Th- that Rocket Balls was a good line. The best part about the Rocket Balls whole thing was... The name? Um, no. Way better Seven, than that. 17.4 yards? No. Nope. Rocket hair- Balls. Tony's haircut. Tony's haircut. <laughs> I heard about this. Do we have a picture of that? 
Oh man, if you don't, we'll have to find it and put that in the edit because uh, Tony, uh, we said we called bullshit on the 17 more yards, and I still to this day think we won the bet. But since we flew, they flew us out there and said, uh, "All right, put your money where your mouth is, and if we actually are 17 yards longer, what are you gonna do?" So we said, "We'll cut Tony's hair with the tailor-made logo in the back." And they had a professional hair cutter out there from like the San Diego Chargers, I think. <laughs> That, uh, guy that cut hair, yeah. I think they were like 14 yards longer and they used some like old burner against it or something like that to get the extra it yards. Was, uh, it was, um, which model was it? Oh, the 580. Fairway okay. Woods. But oh, the, is, wow. this, is, this, oh, is, this, is this Tony hitting well, that, the shot? That's what I played at the time. Yeah. So, so, so that that's inconsistency right there because I've seen your swing. Hey, that's a th- tough one. <laughs> anyway, Tony got a nice haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, that was a rock and ball story. But one cool thing was Tony and I were talking about it at the time, going back years. They actually thought they could get to what sixty five percent market share. I, I don't know if they they had a number. I just feel like at some point they thought they were going to get to a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And that was their downfall because yeah, they I was actually... going to say get too cocky then. Yeah, and <clears throat> that brings me to Harry Arnett leaving Callaway. So uh, Harry Arnett has been a part of the TaylorMade rise. And people just probably don't remember this, but Callaway is in the same position as TaylorMade was then. $1.7 billion company. Um, I think it's were, quite that high, but they're up there. It's right there. One point, it's one point something billion. Yeah. So um, people tend to forget that seven years ago when Harry came in there, Callaway was a mess. You know, they had Justin Timberlake as their like <laughs> part creative of the company. director was his title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So JT was creative director and things were just not going in the right direction. Harry Chip came over and some other people and Harry, I don't think anybody would disagree, is a major part of what got them there. What you know, do you have anything Tony, you have a personal relationship with Harry. Um what do you have to say on that topic, if anything? Yeah, I mean Harry would never take all the credit for sure. Um, he'd be certainly be one to distribute it widely, but yeah, for sure. If you look at when he, he came in and obviously you have to give some credit to Chip Brewer as the CEO, but when Harry, uh, Harry came in, Cal, uh, Callaway was kind of a laughing stock to, for many. And they were kind of the reputation was kind of the stuffed shirts of the golf industry. And that that's pretty wild when you consider the Titleist is right down the road at the time. Um, but since then, I mean, they just kind of transformed the company, completely different vibe. And, and you look at what what's happened, right? We, so we talked about the number. It's like 1.2, 1.4 billion, something like that. Number one driver, number one fairway wood in the marketplace, number one iron, I believe the probably the number one hybrid, the number two ball, the wedge share has climbed to number three. And Odyssey, Odyssey and Cameron, depending on whether you're looking at dollar share or uh, unit share, go back and forth in the putter category. So... I mean, they're they're at the top or near the top in every every club category, ball category. They acquired OGO, they, uh, Travis Matthew. Matthew, and Jack Wolfskin, which may or may not be going well. But I mean, just just tremendous growth in in the time since. Well, put it. Can, I think when Harry came over there, just they're kicking ass. How's that? Yeah, and I think ass. everybody is looking at them, going, "How the hell." They all want to be like Callaway. If they might not admit it, but they're all trying to in some way. They've transformed the way golf is marketed to the consumer, and every other brand is just following. They are the leader in that category. 
I don't think they're the leader in the category of performance. I think they have cut some corners and done it in ways I don't agree with. Um, and I think Harry was a part of that, if I'm being completely honest. Harry is an incredibly talented person, uh, really sharp, really smart, um, and a great marketer. You know, uh, But at the end of the day, the things we're finding just with the ball and stuff like that, yeah. makes it does raise some eyebrows. But Harry, his legacy is set in you know concrete and stone whatever you want to call it for what he did for Callaway that's a fact uh and so I think his legacy will be what he helped build at Callaway what he helped change in the golf industry and Mark King as well Mark's legacy will for those that have been in the industry while we were never forget the rise and fall after he left of TaylorMade yeah it's, it's pretty wild that we're seeing you know Harry, Harry's resignation was announced last week. Mark King taking over as CEO of Taco Bell announced yesterday. And it, it's pretty crazy to see those guys like Mark, you know, Mark left TaylorMade for Adidas, but was never really far away. And then kind of has been doing the, the Honma thing for a while. To, so to see both of those guys leaving the golf industry and yeah, uh, as far as I know, and I, I, I think it's reliable information. Harry certainly hinted as much, you know, both of those guys, leaving or announcing that they're leaving the golf industry within the span of a, of a few days is, is pretty wild for sure. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't think you can kind of overstate, uh, or, or you know, understate, I guess, right. Overstate. There we go. Can't overstate the impact those guys have had, uh, on the industry the last several years. And yeah. And it, really it, it, going back more than a decade. It depends. Crazy. Like, yeah, they've, they've made a huge, impact on the industry there's no doubt about that but how they've gone about it well how harry's gone about it is could be questionable i mean it it depends on how you look at it you know i don't really like the way taylor made or callaway went about getting to the big number they got mm -hmm. to i think there's you know i would have done it differently if i was there but i'm not there you know so but you can't take it away from them that they definitely have not, no. totally changed the way golf is marketed and you know both of those guys so um both of them leave in the golf industry too right tony yeah i mean it's 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 almost a little sad like that it happens all at once and you process it because what whether or not you know it or you're conscious of it as a golfer both of these guys have had a tremendous influence on on probably if not directly what goes into your bag certainly what is out there in the marketplace for sure for you to choose from. Yeah. So think yeah, about, I mean, think about that. What significant you departures. Think about that. What you just said, think about how many golf bags out there right now are directly influenced by those two people. Still. I mean, Harry's still got rocket balls in his bag, you know, um, how many people that are Harry. playing Cali? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty I didn't, remarkable. I didn't resign. <laughs> I didn't resign. <laughs> so does that mean we're going to get like speed injected taco shells now? <laughs> I don't know. That was one of the jokes for sure. We got a lot of them. <laughs> so, Tony put up a tweet yesterday, which you can see real quick. Former Taylor CEO Mark King stepping down. Uh, what, I, what you were doing a contest, correct, Tony, for best joke? Yeah. What are we? What are we giving away? You we have to give away. Hey, that's you said Talk you were giving away stuff. <laughs> no, I said I figured we had something lying around the shop. We'll yeah. Have, have you have them. you seen what you have in your shop? <laughs> You can lo we do can whatever. Give, give we can give away. Of golf a, yeah, Once, we can give you know, away. You know, nobody wants anything I've touched that's golf related. It's, All right, it's we're gonna give occurred. we're gonna give a fifty dollar gift card to Taco Bell. How about that? <laughs> that's awesome. God, I want to yeah, win this. I like it. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, as you can imagine, lots and lots of jokes that are just sticking twist space in front of <laughs> Taco Bell items. So twist space tacos, twist space chalupas. Can we hear some? Uh, there we go. There's a. I, was that? I think that was a Joe Luke's, right? The, the Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, did we did we have some actual jokes that you can read out? Oh yeah. So another Joe Luke's. Uh, let's see. Um, well, hold on. So we we also had lots of lots and lots and lots of poop jokes. Uh, so many. Poop All right. Let's hear some. Taco Bell doesn't tear up my stomach like it appears to tear everyone else's stomach up. Yeah. So Though I haven't had Joe it in Luke years, gave so. us Joe Luke's again. Also gave us Doritos Loco ear, and I am a. Uh, you know, ear was the uh, the tagline for the uh, the Rocket Ball stage two, right? It was Rocket Ballsier. Oh, so I am I am exceptionally uh, partial to ear jokes. I would have also accepted diarrhea ear, ear. And, <laughs> as one of our poop jokes. Uh, but my favorite, so the winner of I guess a fifty dollar Taco Bell gift card, Sean, not PGA. The beef was already non-conforming. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's your winner. Um, let's that's go okay, with man. that. Well, so fifty dollars, Sean, coming to you. Fifty dollars Taco Bell gift card. Enjoy it. Yeah. If if you're if you're uh, listening to this, um, email me at harry.nodwa.mygolfspy.com and we'll get that to you. Sounds good. So, <laughs> all right. So we're gonna move off that and on real quickly to CBD testing. Uh, so basically, we asked everybody out there if they would like us to do cbd testing as a buyer's guide and the response was pretty phenomenal i mean i knew it would be somewhat (laughs) popular i didn't know how popular it would be but i think that's because of the amount of confusion massive confusion on the actual topic alone yeah yeah um so that confusion is uh deservingly so because Mm -hmm. A lot of testing has been done. It's kind of the wild, wild west right now with CBD. CBD, I guess, as an ingredient is expensive. So obviously a lot of people will want to break into that and try to make some money. Absolutely. So without much regulation over it, what they have found in testing is that I think, uh, depends on what test you look at, but uh, some of the ones I'm looking at, the ballpark, 75% of the CBD products out there aren't what they say they are. So... What that means is pretty scary. Some have more in it than they say. Some have less. Some have totally different ingredients in it. They've got to have some weird additives in there. Some have no CBD in it. Oh, good. And not that we we are not going to pick a winner for CBD testing. So Harry, you know, has been doing a lot of research on our buyer's guide. We are going to definitively do one just so everybody knows it will not be a most wanted type of buyer's guide it will be an educational buyer's guide yes. because of the confusion so what do you think you can clear up for them just give them some of the things you think you're going to be able to help with here um i mean me and our intern eric we've we've researched quite a bit and we've just found a lot of confusion about what is cbd and what is thc so the cbd is the the uh, the oil that's extracted from the actual plant and the THC is the actual one that is the psychosomatic part of of the cannabis. Well, psychoactive, yeah. Psychoactive, sorry, yes. So that what gets you high. The CBD does not get you high. Um, but <laughs> the 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 interesting thing is if, if you're a sports player or if you're at work and you get drug tested, it is not guaranteed that you will pass a drug test. There is 0.3% um, of, the, of a chance that you can get 
so it's never really it's never really gonna um give you a a hundred percent that you're gonna pass so So what you're saying is if i work for a company that drug tests regularly i probably shouldn't be taking cbd correct i mean it's it's up to you but there's a slim slim chance that it will show up on well here's the other problem with that even if you have a product like base from hemp that you would potentially have a better odds of passing the test from 75% 75% of the products supposed to be out there aren't even putting the right ingredients Correct. in there. So it's not, people want to know, okay, does it work? What do I buy, right? And how does this, how does this affect my body? So, so the yeah, other I've, thing that I think is interesting is there's different methods of how you ingest it. Yeah. And there's different onset for each one and different lengths of how long that lasts. Yeah, correct? so we have, we have there's, there's a lot out there. There's a cream, um, that you can take it something orally. You can inject stuff, which I probably don't um, advise. Um, inhalation um, and all of these um, different ways have a different time. So, for instance, a cream takes twenty-five to forty-five minutes to actively get into your uh, into your system, and therefore you can feel the effects. The quickest one is inhalation. Uh, sorry, injection. But again, I do not advise that. It's inhalation is ten to twenty minutes. So there is different times um, that will have stipulation on how you ingest or take the product. And what works for you, right? So let's say gummies, for example, take 45 minutes to an hour to basically onset, which means how long it takes you to get the feelings and effects from it. And it lasts, let's say, six hours. Some will be faster than that. Some will be slower. So anyway, point being is we're going to do a buyer's guide as an educational-based buyer's guide just to tell you what to look out for, how it works and what should matter to yeah. you and what the benefits are and why it help it could help you in in your golf game but also in life in general yeah and for right now what i would say is the most popular most trusted one that i see in my research is one called charlotte's, charlotte's web, web. Yep. so for those of you that are looking right now before the buyer's guide and want to try something in between now and when we come out with the guide uh that would be one that i think you could at least trust from what i found and yeah we got a couple like- down there as well um, on the on the desk that um, they sent it in, we haven't tested them um, yeah, as such. We're recommending those. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that's there's a, there's a lots of different companies out there that will send that have products. So just be careful out there. Yeah, looks like you yeah, was, spend uh, a pretty. That was pretty wild. How many companies emailed us right after that? To yeah, a say, lot. Hey, you know, we we can help you guys out. Here's yeah, what th- we have, sort of thing. So I think there's like two thousand plus companies out there now that make cbd there's there's a so many companies i think we're gonna have to come out with the most wanted cbd create on ourselves it was a joke anybody can create cbd i think right now (laughs) i mean it's kind of like a golf ball exactly are we actually gonna put cbd in it or (laughs) yep in the golf ball it's up to us cbd golf balls (laughs) tony would what would happen if you cut that open would it squirt find it eat it (laughs) find it eat (laughs) please don't eat the core of a golf ball all right so we are definitively doing a cbd buyers guys so thanks to everyone that's reached out and encouraged it because it definitely uh pushed us over the edge to to do this for everybody and next up is every week it's called shot of the truth and today it's based on non-conforming drivers oh boy So if you have not heard, Xander Shoffley was caught uh, with a non-conforming driver. And it was kind of the talk of last week. Um, 
and we tony has done a lot of research on this talked to a lot of people about it and we've learned a lot of information about it and i think what we our purpose of talking about this today is to tell people is you know like how big of a deal is this what does it mean and who's to blame right so uh there were three companies from what i heard that had illegal drivers that got caught out of the 30 players tested there was one callaway that we know of I think one ping and one tailormate and that was confirmed by golf digest and uh what does you know tony can you kind of tell people is how, how big of a deal is this where did this stem from just start back from where we were talking about this years ago you know yeah so i guess I guess the first thing to understand right there there are rules that that govern how fast the face of a driver can be and not to at the risk of or to avoid getting too technical like just bottom line is it's it's 239 microseconds right that is the limit and and i think that's where the conversation needs to start because sort of since that limit was put into place some things have evolved manufacturing has evolved lots of things have changed uh that are allowing manufacturers to stretch that limit into the usda and rna's tolerance zone so it, the limit is 239. Let's be really, really clear about tell that. People what that, that? Tell, people that? What that tell people what that limit means. Tell people what, explain what that limit means. 239 is a number, but what does that mean to the average so it's, it's, a, it's a number, it's a value in microseconds. It's basically to CT test a driver, it gets locked into this pendulum apparatus. So they kind of swing a pendulum into the driver face and measure how long that pendulum stays in contact with the face, right? Because if, as, as the driver is kind of, flexing as it flexes away the pendulum stays in contact and then when it flexes out it kicks the pendulum off i guess is a, is a quick way to visualize that and so 239 microseconds that's how long the pendulum is is allowed to stay in contact with the driver face but because everything has tolerances right head manufacturing has a tolerance the ct machines have a tolerance the guy doing the measurement you're going to get different measurements depending on who's doing those measurements Everything has a tolerance, and so the USGA gives you 18 microseconds of wiggle room that gets us to 257 as your sort of extended limit. But again, the limit is 239, and if everybody designed to 239, tried to keep their drivers close to 239, none of this would have happened. We wouldn't have be having this conversation, but because manufacturers are trying to take advantage of that 18 microseconds of wiggle room, and, and push things towards the the extended end of the limit, that 257, you get into situations where, where drivers are showing up non-conforming by accident because of tolerances, because of all that. In addition to the stuff we've heard that, you know, going back a couple of years was probably intentionally non-conforming on tour. So, so, so what was a couple of different that? things in play to say the least. Do Sanders is there's one point over. He was at 258? Yeah, so... You're yeah, that, the short answer is yes. Uh, as I've heard it, he was well within the limit on Callaway's CT machine. The RNA's machine disagreed. Um, they did some stuff to to retest the RNA's machine. Still disagreed, and, and so yeah, but the driver it, was it, it disagreed non-conforming, and it disagreed so again, higher though, right? Yeah, just yeah. That's so what so I've heard. They, actually, they they it, they the Callaway took off weights put lighter weights on it gave it back to them and it went up so yeah 
who's so who's the blame here is it is it the rna or is everyone's different everyone has a different machine I, and therefore tolerances i can different. tell you who it's not it's not the players and here's why in my opinion and anybody else has an opinion obviously speak up because i'm i'm really interested to hear what y'all think on this but th- take baseball right a guy doesn't take steroids in baseball to hit it one foot further okay you take steroids in baseball to go from a guy that hits zero home runs to hitting 50 home runs like Brett Boone, you know what I mean? Or what was a guy's name for the uh, Orioles that literally hit like 50 home runs three years in a row, you know what I mean? Or Barry Bonds' head going from size seven and a quarter to 10 and having braces. That's what Xander's head seems to be normal sized. Yeah, so. so just think, you take that for a major advantage. The risk for a professional to do something non-conforming, illegal, whatever it is, steroids, non-conforming drivers, is such a risky thing. You've worked your whole life for this, mm-hmm. right? If it's going to make you be a pro and you can almost guarantees that by taking steroids or whatever, that's risk-reward, right? Sure. And you're going, that's worth the risk. Yeah. Tony, the- tell people what the difference is between a 257 driver and a 258 driver, which was what Xander drivers. What does that mean in driver distance? Inches. Inches. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the rule of thumb is every 10 points of every 10 CT points is worth about a half a mile of ball speed. So if you can go from, from 239 to 257, you're, you're going to be pushing one mile an hour of ball speed. And that, and that's something guys would appreciate guys would, would want to benefit from. If you're going to intentionally cheat going from 239 to 270, something like that, which would certainly be possible, that's going to get you some real distance going from, 257 to 258 nobody is going to to go out there and actively risk their reputation for for and <laughs> yeah nothing yeah. i i agree absolutely i nothing. think it's but, the rna's fault to be honest with you i think they're measuring device they should they should have three if it fails one you measure it again hey, you measure hey, it again but the rna they're still stuck in well, old-fashioned times they might have an old-fashioned ct uh, machine well, <laughs> many but again, we've said this right like I, I said that there there are tolerances built into this so if if the usda and the rna says the limit is 239 which they're very clear about and say hey we're going to give you a little bit of extra space because of all these things that that can vary with with manufacturing and measurements and you come in with a driver that's that's close to the limit and you you intentionally and when i say the limit i mean that that 257 number when you're intentionally bumping as close to that limit as you can possibly get knowing that tolerances are built into every aspect of this you can't really blame the rna when you exceed those tolerances right like and, if, and I if, was- if that driver was plus or minus 239 or 242 or even even 245 which is the upper limit of what anybody is is truly designing for if if you're at 239 to 245 there's nothing that's going to happen in those tolerances that pushes a driver beyond the but let me ask you a question so, if i tell you tony you can go to 257 right as the rna or whoever why would the manufacturers and the golfers not try to push that to the limit i think that they well really no do. you, like, you absolutely to. do but you you in doing so you need to remain cognizant of the fact that that limit is what it is because of the manufacturing tolerances and because of the measuring tolerances and all all these so so you can't push to to 255 254 whatever xander's was on on the callaway machine maybe even a little bit less you can't push it to that number 
and then go and then complain because you got busted then by don't have a, a test if you don't have a machine. Then don't have a test if you don't have machines that are consistent enough to know what the hell you're playing. Well, then, I, then, I think it's. The but again, they're they're saying if that's at two thirty nine, it's under the limit on every machine. And so, you know, when when you get up two fifty, you know, the, the mid two fifties, that's that's when you're really dancing on, on the line and playing with fire. And everybody who does that knows they're doing it. So you you can't be like, hey. You know, we're, we're going to come in in the low to mid 250s and then bitch when we get hit with tolerances. Right. Even if even if there is a problem with the RNA's machine with a little bit too much wiggle room, if you're closer to where you're supposed Man, to be, to, be called somebody, to put somebody out there publicly as a cheater, it's just there's too many unknowns in this, how it's well, tested, why it's tested that, like this in the machinery to to be doing this the way it is right I, now. I think it's really Callaway and R, the RNA. Callaway probably shouldn't be pulling drivers that are that close to the tolerance limit. The RNA has a responsibility. But the to, only thing, hang on, the RNA has a responsibility to make sure that everybody who participates in this test has, you know, is the RNA saying, hey, we want to make sure you have the right CT tester to to make sure that you're not exceeding our limit. Let me ask you a question based on that. Do you think anyone involved in this knew that that was an illegal driver? No. Correct. So but if his, you didn't yeah. purposely do it and didn't even know it, then no one, I mean, who's to, how can we fix that problem to where that people know definitively if they're cheating or not? At the end of the day, well, the well, rules that's are the, the rules thing, though. and the so RNA can't just mind. let. Hold Sorry, on. There's no penalty. There's no penalty here, right? So that, and it's kind of, nobody's ever said, hey, you know, this is why we do it to the best of my knowledge. But if you look, like Xander's driver was tested on Tuesday before the Open. So the, the entire approach isn't to sort of bust people and, and label them as cheaters. It's to prevent non-conforming clubs from ever making it into tournament play. Yeah, it was interesting. I was reading a story this morning, and they were saying that, you know, Xander originally thought that the USGA called him out, you know. And who knows what the reality is and what actually happened. But now they're thinking that just people in the van that were part of seeing what was being measured might have leaked the information out, you know, or just talked – not leaked it out on purpose, but just talked about it, right? Yeah, but I think that's it was a, a little unprofessionally by the RNA to, to let that go, especially as Xander's the only one that we know of whose driver was. Well, he was the only one as, named. Right, he was. He the was only the only one, one named. named. And right, right, right. We talked about this before the show. I've been told by uh, highly, highly credible sources that you know while Xander is being labeled as the first guy to to fail a CT test. More accurately, he's the first guy to be publicly named for right. failing a CT test. As I understand it, there were a handful of drivers on the PGA Tour last year that were that came back non-conforming. And so, you know, they make adjustments. Again, the idea is to to prevent these things from getting into competition, not to make a big deal out of, of guys using non-conforming clubs in, in competition. Well, so, here's, here's the thing. is this, If they're pushing the limit constantly, after you've hit say 200 driver shots which is easily done for those pros the limit's going to change again and it's probably going to get even more well drivers yeah break in a couple exactly CT so, points so there's all these different things that change but if the machinery was consistent and you know that right you would just measure it before each tournament and you know what you, where you're at you know yeah and that's, Sam that's said, true. don't push it to 257 every week that's a really good point but then so shafely said um he was talking about well if you're going to test a few, why don't you test the whole field? Well, in my, it, it, for me, it's nope. a random, it's a random drug test. You get randomly yeah. selected. It's a random thing. Because if you did that, we wouldn't even see any golf. Because it'd be, 
it's so many yeah they get their drivers tested there's no need to test everybody you agree tony it's not point so no point typical field 150 golfers right plus or minus takes 10 percent 10 minutes to test the driver and that's if you're sort of that's your cursory hey we're just gonna do the basic test but if it's close then you've got to retest it and kind of go through all those motions that ends it can bring that that test time up to to 20 plus minutes so I mean, think about that. Even if everybody goes through in 10 minutes, you know, 150 times 10 minutes. No, it's, it's not practical. It's 150 what, what these minutes. guys supposed to wait in line with their drivers <laughs> outside the trailer. You're, you're taking them out, the clubs out of their hand at a time they're supposed to be using them. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's they would, and then, and then you would say basically, all right, we'll get more people doing the CT test then, but then you've added a variable in there so, so it's, let me it's bring this back full circle a little bit if i can try and that is okay this now has happened it's out in the public domain right pandora's box is kind of open what do we think is going to happen from here because if they keep testing like they are it's going to keep happening so what do we think needs to happen change or whatever in regards to making this a not shit show of what it was last week you know i well i think nothing's probably going to happen because that's that's typically what happens with the USDA and RNA. The the preference right is to keep everything quiet and not leak out test results. And as long as they're able to do that, then in theory the current system works, even if it doesn't. Uh, my feeling is that maybe this should be let's let let's see what's being used in tournaments, right? Because if you test a driver on Tuesday and a guy wants to cheat, there's nothing that prevents him from getting a different head for the, for the weekend, you yeah. know? Well, so my feeling is at least the top 10 guys, right? The guys who look like they're going to finish in the top 10 test those drivers as they come off the course, right? You have to keep it limited because you don't want to be on a Sunday afternoon and, and telling everybody, Hey, you got to hang out here at wherever the tournament is. Don't catch your flight. Just, just chill here until we test all the drivers. But Certainly, I think top ten should be tested, and then a random sampling from well, that's, that's from a tough anybody one, who makes the cut. Because if you don't make the cut, you're not getting paid. Well, Deschambeau had an like, idea not today. Not to say who cares if you cheated, but there's no impact. So let let's really see what's making it into competition, not what's being used on Tuesday. And I would suspect I that in I, the overwhelming majority of cases, those are the same things. I, but there's no guarantee. So let let's look at what's coming off the course on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, DeChambeau said we should test one driver, basically, and that's whoever wins, we test your driver. And if you – I don't like this idea because oh, like creates, the NASCAR? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So let's say you win the tournament and your driver's illegal. And then you got to – dude, that's a media nightmare. Yeah, and, and then – so you, I mean, it's top ten. If you think about that, look at the domino effect. The if Say number one wins, all right, then you, you drop out and you don't get paid that week. So then someone else bumps up, and then it's just like, oh, well, I'm a reject. I but came once, second, but hey, I won. That's great news. And once again, and you're blaming on the player at that point. You're going, the player takes all the heat for that, right? He plays in this tournament, wins. Yeah. You go over one CT point, and he didn't even know it. Is that his fault? Yeah, yeah that, that I think one, at the end yeah. of the day, it's the both the RNA and the manufacturers have to step up and say, all right, let's let's – pay a little bit more attention to what we're giving our tour pros because they're the face of our brands. Do you think Callaway is happy that Xander Shoffley's name got thrown out there like that? I don't think there's anybody happy in this situation. Right. So, I mean, Callaway's got to look back and say, all right, let's, let's double check. Let's, uh, let's double check our processes. Let's work with the RNA to make sure that we're using the same testing protocols to make sure that we're giving stuff that's legal to everybody. Well, back in the day, they used to, it used to be completely different, right? They used to go into the, the tour van and say, all right, we're here to CT test, and then you pull out the secret drawer, 
and then here's all the, the conforming heads, and that's that's his driver. That's his driver. Well, it's 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 came. There's been rumors of that, but whether that's true or not doesn't matter anymore because that doesn't work either as a solution, you know. But exactly, that's why they changed it to do random. Well, so, yeah, so that and there were, you know, I think a couple brands in in their ear saying, "Hey, we've got it on pretty good authority that there are non-conforming clubs in play with intent, like knowingly." Yeah. non-conforming clubs in play and that's a good point stuff up. but it, it's it's funny right the entire conversation around non-conformance is we're, we're talking about just driver ct but the reality is if you're going to go after driver ct right if that's what you're going to test are, are you also going to test wedge wedge and iron grooves right because there are rules that, that dictate conformance there are mm. you going to test the golf balls when they walk off the course yeah like, where'd you go where'd you stop it's sorry such a, a can of worms here uh it's, it is it's really difficult and as far as the look the simple solution, and, and nobody likes this solution, but the, the real and actual solution is for manufacturers to design to the actual limit, the 239 number, and try and keep it close to 239 and not push the boundaries. Because again, tolerance exists for a reason, and, and this is just Callaway and, and unfortunately Xander Shoffley getting wrong on the, ending up on the wrong side of those reasons. But if, if Callaway was, was putting a driver that was designed to be 239 and was really close to 239 in their tour player's hands, you never have an issue. None of this, right. none of this conversation happens. Well, I but, still love yeah. Xander. Uh, at the end, great swing. At the end of the day, it's not the player's fault, in my opinion. Yeah, at the end of the day. Not. Did we, by the way, did we get to your bet oh, no. from last week? Mm-mm. No, no. Okay, so last week we had a bet between Harry and Sam for the Open. It wasn't a bet. It was just a slant slide. It was so easy. So you picked... <laughs> <laughs> who, did, who did you pick? Kepka? Of course, Kepka. And Sam picked uh, Rory. The hometown boy. So not only did he not win and not beat Kepka, he didn't make the cut. So the bet was if thank, you thanks, lost... Rory, if you're listening, thank you, Rory, for that. I appreciate hey. it. But he had a great that's second worse, round. That's worse than he did have a great second round. Fantasy, who get pissed off about their fantasy team. Don't blame Rory. Come on now, you're better than that. You know what? I blame the city of Portrush for putting so much damn pressure on him. <laughs> all in the news. Couldn't handle it. Hey, they got a homegrown boy to win anyway, so it was all good. That's true. That's true. The Tony Covey lookalike. <laughs> I'm but I'm, let's yeah, just yeah, let's yeah, just let's so out. so he so Sam has to play me. With infomercial clubs, the whole bag, the whole bag, and he has to use every club in that bag, so at least once, at least just one time. So hammer driver only has to be used once. Oh no, oh, that's up to boss man right here. He set the rules. What are you trying? That you only have to hit it once. I only want to hit the hammer driver. You have Look. to hit that fourteen t shirt. <laughs> no, <laughs> he wants to kick my ass with infomercial. And you've clubs. got to. I want to see every putt hit the bottom of the cup with that hammer putt. I will use the putter. No I, putts given. That put that. Let me cut the driver shaft down at least. No, no, it's it's, it's the hammer. Come on, man. No, that driver are, sucks. You cannot modify infomercial Don't, clubs. Can Don't. I use the tealess? Hell to the no, because that is a that is actually a good club. GX7. Uh, it is an infomercial club, though. It I is. Think it calls, d- is it? But, it's a modern infomercial club. But I think the rule needs to be that any hole where Sam would typically hit driver, yes. he's teeing off with that hammer. Pow! <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> for the way you looked uh, around. Oh, my gosh. For oh. the people that are unfortunately listening to this podcast and not seeing this picture of Sam on the screen. Head right over now. to our Instagram to see it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, oh man. So oh, anyway, well, the... I will rightfully accept the challenge. Well, you had no but... choice. You you lost. <laughs> <laughs> this will be our first vlog, which I hate that. God but... bless. What ball am I using? Polera. Polera. What about what was that one? No, no, um, it's got to be Warrior actually. Warrior, Warrior or the what was that one? The uh, the the U the U line where no. you can hit draw and hit fade. Tony, it's the same one that you. It's the U line. The same one with the vice balls. It's the Monster, infomercial. Monster. Not, Monster. Not Monster. Um, Go golf. I can't oh. remember the name it's right gotta, now. It's got to be Warrior. It was player. like an orange box. And people were like, this is the greatest ball Nitro? I've ever hit. Oh, Kick X. Kick X. That's there what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. But now we know who, what ball that is. That's so a good I, ball. You could, go, you could go premium. You could go ultra <laughs> premium version of the Vice Ball and play the Dick's Fire. <laughs> <laughs> or not, not, not Dixon, excuse me. Dixon, Dixon Fireball. There you go. The oh ball that was supposedly from they're gonna, recycled materials. They're going to be out at the golf tournament tomorrow that I'm I'm playing in. Who is? Kick out? Dixon. They're, they're going to be on one of the holes. Get out of here. That's how they sell their product, dude. They go to golf tournaments and they, you, you know. I thought Dixon was done. The whole group Let's pays. Let's find that and cut it. The whole group pays. Oh, I'm going to get a sleeve of balls tomorrow because I pay 10 bucks. I'm going to get a birdie on the hole. And <laughs> not then, with that hammer. Well, I'm not playing. <laughs> infomercial clubs aren't coming out tomorrow. Oh man, we should I'm looking, play in an official tournament. Dude, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to that that sandpaper faced wedge. That's called the pure spin. Yeah, that's spin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, I'll play in the Norfolk yeah, City did, Amateur did have a with everything but the. I, I, I could win the Norfolk City Am with with the Tealess as my driver. What is and that, the Tony? F two wedges. What is that? Polera. Oh yeah. Send those over. Dude, he will hit every fairway with those though. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'll only be 150 yards behind Harry. That's true. But guess what? Also, I mean, look at that. You have what irons do you have to hit into the green? I got the F2. Extra distance and spin. So Sam, let's just go through a what's in the bag for you, okay? And you're not going to talk. WITB infomercial. We got the hammer. Microphone is going away. We have the hammer. For irons, we have the H2. The F7. F. F2. F2 F2. irons. I mean, F2. Yeah. For the wedges, he's got we a have, combo set. We have, Hold a, on. we have a selection of wedges for Samuel. He goes pure it's spin. Very rare infomercial combo set. We have the the spin wedge, the spin it. He's got the alien. We ha- yes, the alien. That's my favorite one. He's got the C three I, which is actually a good wedge. He's got the pure spin with the diamond face cutters on it. Yeah. And for the putter. He has probably the best putter ever made. It's it's guaranteed to make every putt. Yeah, that's with, that's what he says. If you take your, if you take technically non-conforming, but so is most of that stuff. Yeah. But. Well, the sandpaper wedge, I don't really see the tall S- pros using that to spin Sam, it back. Sam Zander Robinson. <laughs> so yeah, what is that? The hammer putter, or Hang what on. is it? Let's see. What do we got? This is called the uh, zero zero latitude X Factor Sports. Yeah, but what's the brand? Hammer it's Potter. Hammer. Yeah, exactly. Hammer That's what's like. It's a hammer Potter. <laughs> I think it's an actual hammer. Yeah, and you can't. You're supposed to flick your wrist. Flick your wrist. Yeah, the, it came with a piece of paper that showed, gave you directions on yep. how to use it, and it said you had to take your arms out of it. It's all. It's all wrists. It's all yeah, wrists. Baby. It's like a. It's it's a very flexible putter. <laughs> Do you see this, Tony? <laughs> uh, 
Okay, well, anyway. I'm, what do I get I if I so win? I'm so glad I don't live in Virginia. <laughs> what, do, what do I get if I win the match? You're not going to win. I'm no. quitting. I'm quitting golf. You, know you can you can also have a $50 Taco Bell gift card. All right, fact, deal. Maybe, maybe deal. Shit your pants. I'll, I'll send some text messages. I want a Crunchwrap Supreme waiting for me on the 18th Bell. green. Whatever happens, you're going to lose because you're either going to win <laughs> and shit your pants or you're going to lose. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so... Off of the bet and yep. on to the last parts of this. We have last week we had a contest <laughs> for no puts given for a um, British Open or the Open marker, right? Yeah. Who is the winner for that, Harry? You know? Uh, what was it? Spinner. Let me let me let me get my phone. All right, Matt. Can we pull up the winner? That's the marker right there. If you can see it. Oh, mama. Hey, I took that out to play. Shot sixty-seven. You do that. At the zipper. Everything. It's a good marker. Number the one zipper. ball marker in golf. Knowledge is power. So there he is. The zipper Can you has. Tighten uh, that up a little, Matt. Has won. Congratulations, brother. Yeah. So if you're listening, um, email me at harry.nordwell@mygolfspy.com and we can go from there and get your details. And I think you're going to be getting a lot of emails from other people. Probably. Hey, I need friends. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think your girlfriend's going to stay be in the country. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's the uh, winner from last week, and that was based on giving reviews for the podcast, and we appreciate nice. all the reviews. Very nice. And uh, yeah, up next nice. is this week we would like to tell you we've got uh, all this find it, cut it stuff going on. It's kind of crazy. So what we wanted to do, too, is allow all the My Golf Spy readers to participate in a quick contest of what you can see here. So there's four choices. And you can put these four logos on any golf ball you want through golfballs.com. And one of them is soft as slow. One of them is no putts given. One is a most wanted. And one is my golf spy logo. And just go on to our social channels and pick which one you think uh, you like best. And then you are going to be able to, golfballs.com is going to make those available to any golfer that wants them. And we're also going to pick one person for six dozen of those. Ooh. I'm going to enter in the contest. The last couple things are find it, cut it. It just keeps on growing every week. And, yep, I know. But Good job, Tony. Way to go. What I would suggest One mediocre is, idea, man. <laughs> yeah, get out there and keep cutting them. There's so many people out there that are finding just what we found. And that is a lot of inconsistencies in the ball industry. And uh, so keep on keeping on with find it cut it and hashtag that to us tag us with that and ones that are interesting we might be reaching out to you so anyway on to the last thing is personal launch monitors uh, we tons you know the average golfer right now is seeing all the businesses that they go into whether it be pj superstore or you know my golf spy that does testing they're seeing all this launch monitor data. And while it's really cool, they don't have access to it, the average golfer. They're $20,000 for these units, you know? So the average golfer is able to see all this stuff and go, yeah, well, when is that going to be available to me? And there have over the years been what we call personal launch monitors like this one you see on the screen from Rapsodo. Uh, there's other ones from Voice Caddy and Flights. Garmin. Yep, Garmin, Flightscope Mevo. Oh, Flightscope. Problem is... You know, their first kind of entry products, and they're not really that accurate so far, but they're getting better, I think. Uh, they're offering more options, 
and it's getting to the point where we wanted to see if it was time to do a buyer's guide. So we put it out there. It was a pretty remarkable response from people. Uh, I, I knew it would be popular because they've been waiting for this, but I didn't know it would be that popular of something that people want to just test. This one so far, what do you think, Harry? What, so far, without testing, we're going to do a buyer's guide for it. Yep. Okay. But so far, not accuracy related because that's going to be found out in testing. But which one do you think is the just coolest so far? Uh, well, well, you have the Garmin, for instance, that gives you a GPS plus a launch monitor built in so you can flip-flop from one and to the other. those ball speeds are super accurate to what we were getting on the Foresight. But with accuracy and everything out the window we're just talking cool factor just cool factor those two are really cool the rapsodo you can it has a shot tracer so you can see your flight and it gives you You a visual your swing too and you can video your swing to see where you're going wrong in your swing which is in my swing a lot you're gonna love that um there's a lot of cool factors within uh those two alone but again there's a lot more um models that we need to it's, get out there and see this one looks really cool it is i mean it's it's a, it's badass i mean so one, one thing that i have seen um just from playing around is these at the moment do not are not accurate inside so that's why everything we're going to do would be outside tony you know a lot about this stuff so what do you think the biggest weakness of all these is so far or up to date uh the ability to properly capture spin axis and yes. give you a, yeah. a reliable spin number right if, if you don't know it with a, within a reasonable range how much the ball is spinning it's it's really hard to, to fully understand where it's going in the ball flight um and again that's it's just sort of a, a limitation of where the technology is right now yeah, yeah so i think one thing that makes these uh personal launch miners so popular is that you're like, oh man, I can get data on my own golf swing and my own clubs right there on the driving range. But at the end of the day, you need that spin number to be very accurate, right? To have accurate distances, you need to get the spin number. Yeah, and my biggest problem with them is always this. Golf, one of the most important things in golf is knowing your distances, right? Yeah. And while these things look really cool and they're getting a lot better, if you are actually confusing me even more about my distances than not using this, these things are actually a hindrance, not a help, right? Right. That's why I think, though, they're moving to a lot of feature-rich stuff, like the GPS, where mm-hmm. you go, oh, well, if I can get three things in one, I'll screw around with the launch monitor part, keep using the GPS. This one, you know, you can video your swing. It's also through the phone, which is great, because a lot of the other ones are another additional device right? where everybody's pretty much got a phone, you know? Um, so I think they're trying to pack them feature-rich right now so that you buy them and might use the launch monitor. And go, yeah, this is cool. But I still think we might be not there yet. Yeah, is something better than nothing, or are these things legit? Well, it's a it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if you, if you look at sort of envision how the, the average golfer is going to use this thing, right? He's, he's going to want to know his distances. Maybe he's working on some things, but... Uh, you know, we know guys are looking at distance and maybe they're looking at launch angles and spin rates and, and trying to hit a target or something like that. And if you kind of think about what the use case is, these guys are going to they're gonna take this portable launch monitor, this personal launch monitor, take it to the range. They're going to bang golf balls with it. Range balls going to get a whole bunch of data from those range balls. And they're going to go out onto the course, course and play a ball that is nothing like what they were hitting. And so 
how valuable is well, it? Well, but again, we know the golf ball matters. And so if you're out banging a ball and relying on, on data from a ball that's that's not anything at all like the ball you actually play. But the good thing about these is you can take them out on the course and just stick them behind you. If you, yep, if, you, if, you Ooh, if you're out, that's if, a great point. If you're out there on a on a Sunday evening and it's quiet, how about you hit five balls on the on the on your on your golf course and you're using a ball that you're going to play? Yeah, drop three way. balls on the yeah, team. Yeah, why? Three everyone drivers, does that. Yeah, everyone does that. So it's not really that. I don't think that's within the usga rules harry oh god oh god let's go. not get down this path again <laughs> no, no definitely don't turn your speaker on either hey i'm gonna do the boat i'm just gonna piss off everyone oh wait a sec did we forget that speaker re- testing results it's done yep coming oh. out on a tuesday i believe tony monday 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 nice so, one on monday with a speaker I guess, test. There, there's there's something else coming on Tuesday. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh. we got Hybies coming out. Unfortunately, that hybrid will not be featured in the test, though. Yeah. yeah. We tested just a little too soon. But what, what hybrid is that, Tony? That's a new... It's, uh, hmm. I think we're allowed to mention it because the pictures are out, so we'll have full details on the TS2 and TS3 hybrids from Titleist on Tuesday. All right, just a few reminders. Uh, no Putts Given is now a Friday show from this point forward. The podcast will be released every Friday. And the videos will be released on YouTube every Monday. So that has changed permanently. Other than that, for those of you that are just discovering us now through No Putts Given and don't know about the other things we do, and those that have asked, mygolfspy.com is what we are known for, where we're at. Go check it out. And we also have True Golf Fit. So it's the world's first personalized golf fitting engine. And if you want to know what the number one driver for you is every year, Go check that out. It will tell you exactly how much longer, straighter, and it's all guaranteed. And also, one last reminder, we have an exclusive offer for all my Golf Spy readers that ends today. Today. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, which is Friday is the last day. And what is that for? Uh, $40 off a rangefinder. From? Precision Pro. Okay. So You're welcome. Let me do Wait that. Let me do that for Harry. Uh, we have an exclusive offer for my golf spy <laughs> readers, and it ends today. And that is for the Precision Pro NX NX7 HD Pro Slope. Slope. Yep, forty dollars off, and it ends today. So if you're interested in a new rangefinder, they won best value last year, and their customer service is it's phenomenal, top notch. So they'll give you batteries, right? Free batteries for life. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't matter your rangefinder either. They just nope. give you free batteries. Doesn't matter if you got a Bush or a Nikon or whatever. They'll send you a free battery. That's going so, straight in my basket. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Until next week, episode eleven oh. Let us know what you liked, what you don't like. Review the podcast if you don't mind. We enjoy those and appreciate them. And we out. Let's get out.